On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. I don't know what this is, man. A pillowy mouthfeel. I don't know what that's supposed to be. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. This is, is this still a family show? I don't right. Know. This yeah, makes me uncomfortable a little bit. I'm not sure what the f*** this is. I'm about to find out. This is Tall Can Audio. What's happening, everybody? Welcome inside episode 833 of the Tall Can Audio podcast. My name's Matt Robinson with you in our studio in B. By Town Canada. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now. Happy, well, somewhat happy to be welcoming back to the show. Uh, my fellow geriatric millennial, Chris Hoffley, is here. Yay. How's it going, man? Oh, it's going great. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing all right, man. We got lots to talk about here. We got a bunch of things to uh, to get into, but you know where we always start. So, what are you sipping on today? Well, I've got. Let's see which of these two am I going to go for first. All right, let's go with the. We're going to go with the Maiden Voyage Pale Ale from Evergreen Craft Ales out in Canada. Nice. A nice. Uh, this is their like flagship deal. Like this is the beer I believe that they kind of kicked off with when they opened that brewery. So it's a nice, right. uh, nice easy drinker. Five point one percent. Not going to hit you too hard. <laughs> Thirty nine IBUs. Mm-hmm. And it's a and it's a beer slash beer. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Got making sure we represent both official languages here. I'm, I'm just I'm just reading the label now. That's yeah. the material I bring to your show. That's great, man. We appreciate. That's about as much prep as I've done as well. So it's no problem. <laughs> what, you, what, what you got going on? This is um, this is one that somehow got lost towards the back of the fridge, as they do sometimes. I've had this before, but it's been a while. No, not in my, not in my fridge. No, they don't have time to uh, gather any dust over there. Eh? It's, it's, uh, it's tough. It's I was tough. waiting today. I uh, I don't want to call them out, I, so I won't. I guess I've got a, a a brewery delivery that was supposed to come between eleven and four today, and you and I are firing this up at four o'clock, and and they're not here, man. So um, maybe tomorrow. Uh, just have to hold and hope that the uh, that the life raft shows up tomorrow. This though is a double dry hopped IPA from the Ridge Rock Brewing Company called Little Tiles. And oh yeah, six point three percent. It says here with uh, citrus and peach flavor. And I don't know what this is, man. P- a pillowy mouthfeel. I don't know what that's supposed to be. Oh, yeah. I don't know. This is, is this still a family show? I don't right. Know. This yeah, makes me uncomfortable a little bit. Hillary, man. Also, this definitely isn't a family show. No, for sure it isn't. Um, that sounds awesome. And I'm really happy to hear that you're not drinking a stout for a change. I know. I'm, I've broken away. And we are getting into that time yeah. of year where not only are you, you know, most people anyway, looking for a stout less and less, but there are less and less stouts around, right? The seasonal. True. Uh, it kind of dries up. And, and even a ha- 
even the heavier IPAs I tend to, to get away from during the warmer months. You don't need an 8% like, you know, thick pillowy mouthfeel type beer <laughs> when it's 45, de- 45 degrees. Out. Yeah, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with that. Um, I, I got to tell you though, the last time you were on, we were, uh, we were having some of the bangerang and I've been spreading the good word of the, uh, oh, the yes. around and to the point where, uh, I had a couple pinched from me there the other day that, uh, had to leave them behind for somebody who was enjoying the one I shared with them in their backyard. So, uh, See, that's what on, man. it's word, word of mouth. It's the power of TCA, um, word of pillowy mouth. Um, <laughs> you've got a lot going on, man. There's, this has been a crazy week, um, and I want to kind of work through it, where it started, kind of how it blew up and, and some of the other people involved. But let me start here and ask you if at four o'clock last Friday afternoon, you had any idea that come Tuesday night, you would be exchanging tweets with the mayor of Iqaluit. Yeah, that this has taken, I don't even know what to say about that at this point. That was kind of the moment last night when, when, when Kenny Bell, the, uh, the mayor of Iqaluit uh, in Nunavut jumped on. And wanted to take part, and that's really when I was kind of like, "All right, got something, got something." I mean, it was, it was crazy before that. Sure. This is, is is just wild. So no, at four o'clock last Friday, I was thinking I needed a haircut, right. and my ever enabling good friend and roommate, and one of my my closest friend probably, Devin, um, he immediately said, "Yes, you should absolutely shave your head. You look ridiculous," and. Uh, that was pretty much all I needed. And then, you know, a few people chimed in and said they would happily pay, you know, a few bucks that I figured I could hit my family up for to get to that thousand from family and friends. And right. That was really all I was thinking. I didn't, you know, wasn't, didn't end up being the most restful long weekend as a result, but I couldn't be any happier about that. No, for sure. And on, uh, so that's Tuesday night and I, I'm with you. I'd seen this thing growing and growing and growing. And the point, you know, I'm like, this has reached Nunavut. I didn't know they even had the internet in Nunavut and they've heard about this thing up there. So at that point, I, I'm a little it, distracted by the hockey out, game. It, it's thought out. It's thought out <laughs> for the summer. So there it goes. I, at that point, I'm a you know, little... What's, what's so cool... Sorry, what's so cool about that is like, I'm, I, I've always really wanted to visit Nunavut and go up north and get like, meet some locals and get the full like northern experience. And the mayor now has kindly issued an invitation to myself and the, so, you know, anybody. He probably put it out on Twitter, but sure. we were chatting a little bit and said, hey, when we're, we're allowed to travel again, we will take care of you up here. So come on, visit. So that's going to be on the, the old travel list once that's, uh, oh man, that sounds awesome. Societally allowed again. Yeah. That's crazy. So, um, I was a little distracted on Tuesday night and, and we'll probably get to it by the hockey game, but I did a double take, right? I'm, I'm like, I'm reading these tweets years as they're going out. I'm like, wait, did that say a Callowit? I'm like, holy crap. Like this thing. <laughs> I, I did a double take too, man. <laughs> so that's the point where I'm like, oh man, like this thing has, and I was, I can't think of a better phrase where I was like, it jumped the shark. And I mean that in the best possible way where I'm like, this is crazy. It's this, I can't believe that this has gone this way. So why don't we go back to the beginning? Because there will be some people who don't know exactly what's happened. And you sort of referenced it there that on the, f- <laughs> your timing is impeccable. Apparently it didn't hurt things, but at four o'clock on the Friday of a long weekend, you decide to put something yeah. out to the internet. Um, that- this is why, this is why I'm not in charge of fundraising as a job <laughs> because I do stupid shit, like decide to launch a fundraiser at the end of a Friday before a long weekend. Right. And so you just kind of put it out there that, you know, like a lot of people right now, you know, you were looking for a haircut and you might be willing to shave your head completely bald. If you could get, I think the starting number was a thousand bucks for Chio, right? Yep, yeah. Sure was. 
and uh, it wasn't just Chio. It was a there's a specific department of Chio. Why don't you tell us a little about that and why you chose that department? Yeah. So the the proceeds from all of this, and we're at the, while we're while we're recording this now, we're over sixty one thousand dollars, but it's all going to go to uh, mental health services for youth at the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario. So I've always been a big fan of Chio. Uh, broke it broke the odd bone in my in my youth and um i know friends you know a lot of friends and family have had their you know had to use chio services for a variety of things for their sure. kids over the years so big fan of chio big fan of chio as it is but the mental health thing right now especially for kids uh during this pandemic is is getting to a you know a really dangerous and critical point it's probably past that dangerous and critical point now but um men, mental health services you know for adults and kids are notoriously underfunded there's not enough you know there's not enough services in terms of staff there's not enough beds for inpatient psychiatric services when they're needed there's just the people that do it are incredible and they do everything they possibly can but they just don't have enough of what they need especially when you're getting um the increases chio's seeing right now because of you know kids have been away from their social lives away from school you're seeing a a huge increase in things like eating disorders and a whole other variety of mental health uh, crises among kids. So like it, it's timely and it's needed. So that, you know, once I started thinking about that a little bit over a pint on Friday, it, <laughs> I was pretty, pretty confident that that was where I wanted to, to send this money to. And it turned out to be a pretty good call because people have jumped on that. Yeah. People have massively. clearly rallied around this in a big way. So it starts with you saying for a thousand bucks, I'll shave my head and, and that money will go to mental health services over at the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario. At this point, we now, you know, as we sit here on Wednesday afternoon and record this, we have local media types, we have politicians, we've got, like, this has become a thing where lots of people are either shaving their heads or doing other things, you know, if we reach a certain goal. Who's the second person that jumps on and helps this take off and, and where do we go from well, that initial thousand bucks? Yeah, initially... Like the initial response was Councillor Tim Tierney. He's a city councillor in Ottawa for the Beacon Hill Serval uh, ward. And he messaged me really quickly and said, you know, I think my wife and I uh, might want to get in on this. And at the same, you know, kind of in the same breath, I had Steve Lloyd from TSN 1200 reach out and Ryan Lindsay from KISS FM. Um, they were all kind of the first group of people to to really take notice of this. And, you know, right away, Tim Tierney said, you know, yeah, I'll shave my head for two grand. My wife will do it for five. Wow. And then Lloydy jumped in for three grand. Ryan jumped in at four. They've all, you know, all, we hit that really quickly. Yeah, by the end and of the it, night. It just, <laughs> it's, exactly. It's just gone. It's just gone. Like, we all set our targets way too low. But um, <laughs> it, it's, you know, and then people, have, you know, there's a, a woman named Ashley Hillier, who's just someone that follows me on Twitter that wanted to jump in. Um, she's already shaved her head. She's working on her five-year-old son to do it too. But you know, <laughs> kids are she, she said she sent me a message. She sent me a message saying she lopped off one of his sideburns and he had like a meltdown about it. So we're <laughs> we're still working on that. We're not we're not forcing children to no. cut their hair. We're not going to damage children's, children's mental, mental health. health. Yeah, we're not gonna, we're not going to we're not going to set them back. So that's totally cool. But Ashley did it. Sent pictures fantastic and then guys like pepe valencia who's well known on twitter just one of the most positive guys on the planet he mm -hmm. shaved his huge beard um <laughs> been growing that for five years and obviously stuntman Stu, uh key of the pineapple pizza hatred uh 
ate his pizza live on TV. It's like last every, night, every uh, week. Because we raised $25,000. Every out. week he starts a flyer, a fire on Twitter with how disgusting pineapple on pizza is and how it's a crime against food and these sorts of things. And uh, he, so it was a big like, move. I don't believe him anymore. I don't believe him anymore. I think he likes it. He yeah. didn't even look like he was in that much pain <laughs> when he was eating it on the noon. So it was a big, big move. Fan, so. uh, and I'm with, yeah. no, I'm with Stu. Like that, it's not, that does not go on pizza. But that was a big move for him to go, I'll eat it i guess i'll eat it for, uh, and, and live and live on yeah. ctv and it with is, a guy with such was, a following and for something that you know he's so much known for his anti-pineapple totally. bias and um, then when Stu when Stu got this thing rolling then it then it really like you know Stu's reach is huge and so you all of a sudden we've got D- dylan black from boom fm he's dying his hair purple for chio right uh mike wood who's been a huge small business supporter and advocate and a small business owner himself he's gonna we raised forty five thousand, so he's gonna wax his chest live <laughs> on some social media platform a la 40 year old virgin yeah. with a, oh kelly clarkson <laughs> um and then and then maddie eisenberg from cfra is gonna dye her hair in a variety of rainbow colors uh to rep the lgbtq kids that use chia services as well of yeah. course at sixty thousand dollars um and then then we get into the Acaliwood mayor uh kenny at, at 65 that's our next that's our next goal and then uh who else uh, Catherine mckenna uh federal minister of ottawa mp she jumped in today she's gonna dye her hair green at seventy thousand dollars to also go nice. in, in step with environment environment week sure Scooby's Matt, Matt Scooby from CTV at seventy five thousand dollars is going to shave his beautiful hair, <laughs> and then and, and stuntman stuntman says he's going to get a tattoo of a pizza of hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> we have some more more people that are going to jump in on this wild little roller coaster. So I wanted to make sure I didn't leave anyone out there. No, but, sure. Uh, and, and, and the mayor and the mayor says a million dollars is the price for him to shave wow. his head. So he's playing it safe. He's playing it safe. No kidding. <laughs> um. And Lloydy there, he's a friend of the show. He's been on a couple times and actually he doesn't live too far away from me or whatever. And uh, he's been into the studio for a pint or two. He took a rough ride when he first uh, ran the razor through. People were coming after him saying it wasn't enough. That's what happens when you go first. And, you know, Lloydy's a good sport. Yep. Other than he looks like, after his head shave, he looks like he's going to, you know, turn a toothbrush into a shank and try to cut me with it. But, um <laughs> He uh, he did it. He jumped right on it, and he it's great. And he was the first one. So yeah, he took a bit of shit for not going down close enough to the wood. So when it came time for me to shave mine, I was like, hey, well, we've got to go at least. You know, you got to be able to see my head through the hair because I don't want to get chirped for this. Right, gonna do it right. Well, and to be fair, Lloydy did take another pass afterwards and get her down a little uh, a little. Were you, he did. He he did. Have you ever shaved your head before? Like, was there concern as you were sitting there doing this, like? weird lumps or a you know a poorly shaped head before well, you... <laughs> you know i've done it once i did it once like seven or eight years ago i raised i think i, I did a, i did a little fundraiser back then too i raised about a thousand bucks for uh pediatric cancer um research but you know that was one it was great i raised you know over a thousand bucks i was i hope that's that's kind of that idea was you know in my head when i was doing this mm-hmm. um so yeah I, I knew my head didn't have like any like huge dents or bumps <laughs> in it but I, you know, it's been a while. I've aged a little bit since then, so I wasn't quite sure. But people have people have been pretty kind to my new look. Well, they tell you, like, sometimes when you do it as you get older, it doesn't come back the same as as it was, right? Sometimes it comes back slightly. I'm worried, mine, I'm worried mine's going to come back gr- more gray yeah. or, like, not at all. Well, this is Just... sort of the way I've survived the pandemic. I've, I think, twice 
um, maybe three times. I, I can't remember for sure. I've been over to my friend's place and she's cut my hair in the backyard, just using the razor, taking it down, you know, enough that I can at least get my hat back on or, or whatever. Yeah. I have crazy curly hair. I, I, I hit mullet status fast when it gets a little too long and she's pointing out like every time she's like, there's definitely more gray than last time I did this. I'm like, could you just cut it? Like, yeah. do, I don't need the running commentary. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I know. I already, it's like, it's like the geriatric millennial thing. Like I know how old I am. You don't need to put a new shitty name on the thing. Thank you very much. It's true. Um, is there like any sort of, I don't want to say time limit or, or whatever, but like, are you just going to kind of ride this and, and, you know, see who keeps jumping on board and how high it can go? Yeah. Yeah. Now I just want to keep it rolling. Like until people get tired of hearing me talk about it and seeing me, you know, the media in Ottawa have been really awesome so far, but giving us lots of publicity for this, which has helped tremendously every time, you know, I've gotten on the news a couple of times right after these segments, the donations just come, come flying in. So uh, no, really, I guess if we're going to set a soft deadline on it now, it's uh, when Matt Scooby and I were talking about it, he pointed out that the, you know, this, this lead up starting right about now is going to lead into the Chio telethon on June 6th. Mm-hmm. So it's perfect. It's kind of perfect timing in that way. So we're just going to let this thing ride, see where we can get. And hopefully by the telethon, we're up to that that $100,000 mark and, and, you know, I'm going to get a real fancy beer when that happens. <laughs> well, you'd think maybe we should be reaching out to some of these breweries, see if they want to, uh, well, you know, I, think, I think that might have to happen. Like it's people keep asking me like how to get involved and like what's next. I'm like, I, I'm just trying to keep up with emails and Twitter right now. Yeah. I you know, if you get anyone, want any, everyone's welcome. It's, uh, it's oh. one of those things that I haven't really planned out that far to this point. So kind of flying by the seat of the old pants here if by the chance if by chance somebody hasn't seen this all over the place on social media or uh, or wherever what's the easiest way for them to contribute to this particular campaign uh well you can visit the habs are going to come back and beat the leafs four times in a row dot ca uh no um there we, we <laughs> I gotta I tell you, man. You, I, I, I should have made that the link for this. I don't understand how you can be so concerned with one group of people's mental health, but spend an entire week working <laughs> and degrading mine. You've been terrible. To me. I, I, I don't know, like like risk assessment. I guess like, I feel like you can, um, but no. You in all seriousness, we uh, Tim Tierney was kind enough to to set up a, a link, so you don't have to go to the big long. Uh, fundraising link uh, that I had initially said. So now you can just go to welovechio.ca and it will redirect automatically to the campaign and you can donate. You can donate there. And uh, we will have it in the show notes uh, of this episode as well. People can visit uh, the page for episode 833 at com, and uh, we'll make sure it's it's easy to find there as well. Um, it's really cool, man. Like this is something I saw on, on like I said, the Friday of a long weekend. I'm like, well, that'll be cool. We can raise a little bit of money here. In my wildest dreams, I didn't think I would be looking away from the hockey game and doing a double take on the mayor of Akalawit and, and Matt Scooby. Like this no. is almost a crime against the city that he's going to shave that hair, man. Like it's so, it's so the reactions of some people to Scooby and like Peppy, like <laughs> shaving his beard. It was like, oh my God, what are you doing? He's like, yes. like, it's going to grow back. It's hair. And I just raised 25 grand for Chio. So, you know. I'll like, double it for him to keep it. it. Right? Like, yeah. Like it's not like his five it's not like his five G signal comes through the beard. We all know that comes through the vaccine. <laughs> of course. Of um, course. <laughs>
yeah, no, it's it's been cool to see, man. And the whole city has rallied around it. And of course, uh, yeah. now beyond that as well. So, um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you have your say on the hockey thing in a minute. <laughs> but there was one other thing I saw here, and I, I knew I was gonna be talking to you today, and I knew you were every bit as hurt by the uh, the geriatric millennial term as I was. So you seemed like the guy to ask about this. There was a a survey, a poll taken and uh, from a bunch of different North American kind of local city newspapers and they agreed upon, well, before I, I, I even tell you the, the stats here, were you a, are you a, maybe an outside pandemic times or have you ever been, are you a nightclub guy? Uh, not in a really long time. Right. I'm a, I'm a pub, like I, I'm a, like, let's go see a band at a pub and or find like the dankest, coolest old bar and have some pints. I had my, I had my days of, you know, mind you, I was probably underage most. I think by the time I was of age, I had already done the club thing. Right. Yeah. I was sort of the same way, like in college, if that's where everybody was going, I'd go, but I never enjoyed it. Right. Like it wasn't fun. I don't like that kind of music. I don't dance. I'm more just like, Hey, there's pretty girls here. I guess I'll go here for a little while. They're used to, this is, this is horribly off topic, but it's your fault. But, um, there's a, there used to be when I was in high school, I went to high school in Canada and there was a, in Bell's Corners, which was not exactly known for being like a nightclub strip. (laughs) Um, there was a club called the Vox Lounge Mm. and it was not a good club, but it was close to where we all lived and they would pretty much let anybody in. Right. So that was like every Canada high school student that had, you know, a fake ID or looked old <laughs> enough was going to the Vox Lounge on, you know, it was either going to O'Connor's in Canada at Centrum or going to the Vox Lounge. And then like the Vox Lounge closed not long after and has since been demolished. But, you know, that's, that was my clubbing, clubbing days. If you had to guess, because that's what this survey is, is about what age you should stop clubbing what do you think that uh and this was across north america um anyone was welcome to vote this was this was published in multiple newspapers what age do you think (laughs) people said that you know i i'm kind of i was done with and you should have been done with the club scene too well i feel like it's going to be a stupid number that's going to make me angry (laughs) but um Oh, well, I feel like the appropriate age is when you start talking about how you used to get into clubs underage is <laughs> you're probably too old to be talking, to be going to clubs. Right. So I don't know, like 20, 20, 27, oh, 19. It's there's, they have it at 37. What? Have you had the urge in the last 15 years to go to a club? No, I actively I'm have 37 talked now. To, yes, I'm 37 I actively now. have talked people out. Yeah, I've talked people out of going to clubs to go to other places. Right. They're like, do you want to go to this place? They're doing like this kind of, you know, dance club disco. And I'm like, no, why the hell? Have you met me? No. <laughs> well, especially now with the bald head, like you can't have the, the lights and everything bouncing off your dome and or whatever. I guess it's like. I was going to say maybe it's even like situational. Like, if I, like I went to Vegas a couple of years. We didn't even go to clubs there. We went to like crazy bars, but yeah. like there are clubs. And you're like, ah, I don't, I'm not going to get dressed up. No, God. no, I'm not a club. I'm not a club guy. I do remember like going to, there was a place called, what's it called? It was in the market back in the day. It was called the factory. Ooh. And they would serve, they would sh- serve like really sweet, mostly juice shot. Yes. and like test tubes and they would give you like fluorescent paint to paint yourself with and like throw at the walls and stuff. Like it's such a, it's so ridiculous, but like, why would you want that when you can go like have a, you know, hang out with your friends and like try some good beer and 
Now I sound. Now you're making me sound old. Yeah. No. No. No dancing. Dance. Dance. <laughs> dancing leads to touching. Uh, you'll be late for church on Sunday. I, I got to tell you, the second time I went to school, the first time didn't go so good. So I took a year or two off, a little bit, worked a little bit, and then went back to school. <laughs> and I went back. I think I was twenty two, twenty three, and I already felt old in those clubs, right? Like not like really bad, but looking around going, this is, you know, it's on top of just not enjoying it anymore, but you're also looking around going, there are hammered. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There are hammered 18 year olds here. This is probably just not my scene. Here's a good one. So, so a a few years back I was, I was still a reporter. I was working at the Ottawa sun and this is like, and it was the most, you know, this is a very Ottawa Sun kind of bread and butter story, but there had unfortunately been some kind of stabbing murder, uh, some kind of death at a club, at a nightclub in Quebec called, I want to say it was, I'm pretty sure it was Club Addiction. So that's where the story starts. Okay, um, sure. And so, so you know, the, we had people covered that, that, like the actual part of the news. And then a few days later, my editor sent me, like, I want you to spend like a few hours on the weekend at Club Addiction to see like what the vibe's like, like if they've, <laughs> if they've, you know, implemented any new measures in light of this, you know, tragedy. And so I kind of said, I'm like, do you want me to go to a nightclub in Hull? I'm all, I'm almost 30. Right. <laughs> like, I don't like by myself. And he's like, well, you can, you can bring someone. So I call my buddy and I'm like, well, the son will pay for some drinks and like whatever we spend if you come to Hull with me and we hang out in this shitty club just to like <laughs> take in the sights. Did you find out when you got there that like, he was like big into it and like you didn't see him the whole night because he was on the dance floor? Or? Oh, no, 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 no. He's, he, we're very, we're very similar. This is the same. This is my same buddy who enabled me into shaving my head okay. for, for charity. So um, this is like... <laughs> He's he's down with my ideas, but even this one was pushing it with this with this thing. And we're sitting there in this like in this lousy loud club where everyone is like way like eighteen, seventeen, yeah. like so so young. And we're sitting there having a beer, and we're just like we should have like a Jagger bomb or something, right? Like to look like <laughs> we fit in. So yeah. like, you know, it's like and and like it was we ended up being a bust because it was like an ice storm night in the winter, <laughs> and like we like. It wasn't that big of a anyway. So we stayed there for a few hours and got the hell out of there. And I told my editor that I didn't want to hear anymore about his about his ideas no. for a little while. No, and I was blown away by this man. Like I said, at twenty three, I'm already like I'm probably past this. Even though it wasn't my scene, like I just no. don't. At twenty six, at twenty eight, at thirty, it's not even an option. Like I'm not going no. to to hear that there are people who believe 37 is an acceptable age to still be at nightclubs is it's upsetting, man. I I don't know what to yeah. Like if you you're you're too old to go to a club if you go there and you're not getting carded. Like if they're just waving you in, they're like, "Come on in, sir." I'm like no. <laughs> Can I? Nope. <laughs> it's a lovely cardigan you're wearing. Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. Are those boat shoes? Are those boat shoes? Like what are, what's happening? No, that's it. They should be carding at both ends. Like at, at 19 and at like 23, we're just like, no, if, if you're too old, if you're older than 23, if you're like, I, at, at that age, if that's what you want to do, I got no beef. Like everybody's entitled to their own thing, but you reach an age where you're so right. Like we set, we both sound so old. Like I'd really like to be home in my comfortable slippers and my, you know, nice wool blanket by nine 30. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like back, like, yeah, back in the day, like I, last time I went to a club, I'm pretty sure like as a, like voluntary, like a, 
voluntary guest. I think you could still smoke in clubs in Hall. Like that's how long it's been. You'd you'd you'd, you'd come out of there and you'd smell like a pack yeah. of cigarettes for a week afterwards. Um, as we sit here right now, well, frankly, the only reason you were able to uh, to come on the show, or I was willing to have you on the show, is because the Toronto Maple Leafs won on Tuesday night. It's a three one series lead over the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, you had had a lot of talk about how it was going to be tied at two and, and these sorts of things. Um, I, before I ask you about the series, let me ask you how it feels to have completely sold your soul to the Montreal Canadiens just to piss off Leaf fans for two weeks. <laughs> I, I think it's fantastic. I like At the end of the day, I don't give a shit what happens, but it's like... Uh, it's it's easy for me to jump on that bandwagon because I have, you know, my family's, my dad's side of the family's from Montreal and it's uh, like I'm old enough to have, you know, been a hockey fan for a little bit before the Sens existed. So the Habs, have, I've always had a soft spot for the Habs. I hate them viciously if the Sens are playing them or if we play them in the playoffs, but it's it's very easy for me to jump on that particular bandwagon but you understand i'm going to remember this right like when the next time the senators are playing oh, the Habs, you can't be confident i'm going to remind you what you're confident that your boys are gonna you're no 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 the next time the like sends a- play the habs <laughs> i get to remind you hey yeah. are you cheering for those guys aren't you just kind of a closet and, I'll, and i'm gonna say no you lying you yeah. lying bastard <laughs> prove it and then you're gonna send me links to this and yeah i've got i've saved all um, the screen caps I'm, we're good <laughs> but yeah no I'm, I'm i'm a happy bandwagon bandwagon rider right now unfortunately the bandwagon that i'm on is belongs to a team that isn't very good no but, it's not uh it's you know it, it's tough it's uh, i don't know what's going on and like you know credit where credit is due toronto's you know toronto's playing well um i love seeing a guy like Spezza score i tweeted that yesterday like I, i'm a big i've always been a big Spezza guy so to see a guy like that get a chance at this point of his career you know he's over you right pretty cool <laughs> no we there's actually i'll send you a picture there's a picture of me in a scrum in a scrum when i was at the paper inter- it, like Spets is in the scrum and he like I'm just glaring at him. Like I don't know what moment the pic, like the photographer copy. It just looks like I'm gonna like hit him with my microphone. Did he just score but on I your know, beloved he, Montreal Canadiens? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Um, but like I don't know. Like the Leafs are easy to hate, and like I get that. It was weird. Like this is a weird one because I like I felt like some of the wind got taken out of my hatred sails when Tavares got hurt in the first game. Like you, when you see something like that happen, you just don't yep. feel right. And, like immediately jumping back in on the chirp train right, right away. As soon as I found out he was mostly okay. And well, I felt I that way some, after know, he got hand. hurt. Like, I don't I care about this, right? Like, uh, yeah, uh, it's no. And I saw a handful of people talking. Then I got pissed off again when I saw a handful of people talking about how it was probably intentional. Guys, <laughs> come on. Yeah. It was pretty clearly. an accident. Um, But no, that, that was, that was horrifying. So that's, you know, that, that's a tough, tough part of a, a, to have a tough way to get a series going, but it just hasn't been a great, great series. From wow. a, like if I try to, you know, really depends on which side of it you're coming from, doesn't it? It's like they have, but even as a Leafs fan, like they haven't been the most exciting games in the world. Nope, they haven't. Um, but part of that is Montreal trying to drag it into the mud. They want to play that way, right? They don't want yeah. to end up in a six-five yeah. shootout game with Toronto. And part of it, part of it too, I think. Like I don't know. Let me like if you agree with this, but like the crowd factor, I think you see in the playoffs a lot right now. Like yeah. not having people there. Yep. You're the you like it's. There's been some good intensity at times, but you like they can't seem to maintain that moment, that intensity and momentum when you don't have people 
screaming bloody I think murder. That's right, man. Like we talked about it with Justin Howell there a week or two ago. Like it's hard to get yourself up to run at full speed into somebody when it's yeah. just this dead empty building, right? Like when 20,000 people even are going to cheer you for it, you're like, okay, I might be able totally. to get some adrenaline from that. But even the, even the arenas that have, you know, 2,000, 5,000 fans and it, it makes such a big difference. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I do think oh. part of it, circling back to the Tavares thing a little bit, don't you think like in terms of the level of intensity and craziness, like everybody on both teams saw that and went, oh, like, and again, it, Corey Perry did yeah. not do that intentionally, but it kind of stopped some of that crazy crossing the line stuff that maybe you'd see other. It uh, does. Yeah. It, it makes everyone realize that like that could, that kind of thing could happen to any of them. Yeah. That's got to be a freaky, freaky feeling. Like, it, like that game moves so fast. I mean, watching it in slow motion is one thing, but like if you watch that collision in real time, like if, if, Perry could do that on purpose. He's got the best reflexes of anybody ever. Well, the way, the dirty part of it, to be honest, that nobody's talking about is the knee from Ben Sherratt that caused Tavares to go down like that. Perry has no time to react. And and that's probably what gave him the leg injury. It is, for sure it is. He's getting blasted knee on knee, and that's the part that gets completely overlooked because now his head gets ripped off and you're... It's pretty well, friggin' the traumatic. Near decap- the near decapitation, the near decapitation, kind of steals focus, right? But, and um, you know, you're right, you're right, and it's just it's a collective like letdown, like just sucks the life out of the whole place. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's hockey. Like for these guys, they all know, like they're all you know at least acquaintances. They're that messes you up. Well, Perry and Tavares are apparently pretty good buddies off the ice, so yeah, you're probably yeah, as hard on Perry as anybody. I don't else. care if there's. Yeah, and I don't care if they're worst enemies. Nobody is, you know, say short of you know a Matt Cook maybe right. is going to try to throw that intentionally. No, totally agree. Uh, is it going to end on Thursday? No, probably not because it's the Leafs. <laughs> I, I would I think, typically I agree, guys, agree I mean, but Montreal doesn't seem to be putting out much of a fight right now. Like they looked pretty defeated. My, no, but the, I mean to butcher a cliche or you know whatever the expression is, like the the. the series clincher is the hardest one and yeah. Montreal, you know, they, they, they can randomly stir, you know, find that edge that they've been missing the first few games. So you never know, but yep. no, I don't, I don't see this as a series that Toronto's going to implode on suddenly. That a boy. Are you getting ready? I mean, like, are you, so, will you I'm within in such a, a good week, mood? I'm in such a good mood this week. I know. Will you in within a, a week, week be a hardcore Winnipeg Jets fan? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Suddenly, I might get a jersey. Yeah, of course. I might get a jersey. Yeah. <laughs> any of the other uh, series particularly caught your interest? One more, any more, like one more than any of the rest? Or you know, I've been I've been doing a lot of like just flipping. Like I, I don't know if I've watched any other full games other than other than the Habs and the Leafs. But like like the Vegas the Vegas series has been good. The Pittsburgh Islanders series yeah. is going to be you know come come down to it. Um, I, I kind of love seeing the Oilers get swept. I just like I, I just I just love like cockiness and getting slapped in the face. And I'm not the biggest like I love McDavid as a player. I'm not a huge fan of his like makeup as like a personality for the game and like his you know disdain for the media. Like I remember interviewing him in junior and he had that then. So um, he like just this like just it's not like it's nothing horrible. He was it's just, just trying to like, get to. Uh, like, Club addiction, man, and you hold him up. <laughs> seriously. And back then, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I was like, he's doing the same interview four hundred times a week. Yep. But now it's like when you, I, I'm a big believer, and it's probably because of what I do for a living. But like, I'm a big believer in people in his position have a greater role to play when it comes to promoting their team or their game. And if you look like you're like you have a gun to your 
head every time you have to do an interview. I just I think it's kind of a shitty look, especially when you're one of the best players in the game. I agree ever. with you. I do. But man, some of the questions when I was watching those postgame press oh, conferences man. were painful. There was Horrific. one right after. I can't remember if it was after game three or four. Uh, whether they had just blown the lead or just got swept, the first guy that gets called on to ask a question, and I don't need to throw his name at him, he clearly had no idea what he was going to ask. He was just first, and he kind of went, yeah. uh, what did you think, you know? Press- and you're just like, I don't want to answer you either. I'd be so sick of that. No. Right? Like, Well, I, I do get frustrated sometimes where it's like, you know, like you have this opportunity, these reporters, like maybe like put a bit of right. like, thought into your... Like the whole like, how are you feeling? Like, I feel like shit. We yeah. just lost. We, we just got have. swept so, by the team that. But when was... I when I teach when I teach players like when I do media training with especially with young players like on the sixty sevens, when we talk about doing interviews and stuff, it's always like you need to practice your facial expressions so you can sit there and ask answer the same version of the same question four <laughs> times and not look like you're going to kill the guy because you'll never win. You're never going to no. win battling the media like that. No, he's the one who's going to go write the piece and you're just going to look like an asshole. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then, you know, someone will write a piece, you know, you'll get a Steve Simmons piece where he basically calls the guy an asshole. And then he's <laughs> like, well, you know, I don't like the article, but like, you didn't really give him, you yeah. kind of acted like an asshole. There's something to so, it. I don't know. It's a tough, it's a tough, it's a tough job both ways. Like interviewing, those interviews are not as easy as they look for players when they, right after they get off the ice or off a field and they're like, their head is just not in that place. Like it's not... It's not a cakewalk, and that's no. why everyone resorts to cliches and the same question. It's both sides. The cliches happen on like the questions too. So it's it's uh, you just have to. McDavid's at a point, and they have resources for like teaching them how to do media better. And some of these guys are just you know they're like I'm a I'm a star. I'm not gonna no, I don't give a shit. I'm not gonna learn. Fine, but um, there's a way to teach these guys how to not seem so depressed when they're doing interviews or say things like 110. percent have you got any kind of an update for us at all on, uh, we've been seeing some things flying around this week about, you know, we've had some owners and, and some organizations in the CFL say, we're going to play. And, and the Red Blacks were one of them that said, uh, you know, we're ready. And I think it was because Hamilton said, you know, we're ready to go. And if no one else plays, we'll just take the Cray Cup. And, and uh, <laughs> Red Blacks were like, I love the game. Yeah. There's at least it one team who's ready. Yeah. Yeah. I love Mark that. Gowdy, our CEO, jumped in and was like, uh, uh, no, we're, you know, we're, from our perspective, and I think from most of the team's perspectives, we have everything in place to be ready to go and have a season starting in, starting in early August and training camp in, in July. So, I mean, other than waiting for the public health people and yep. the provinces to say officially good to go. Uh, we're as close to that as, as we can be. I think, I think everything's trending in the right direction in terms of case numbers and vaccine numbers. So they'll be it slowly. Uh, but that's, you know, that's what it's going to take is getting to get it, especially we're going to have fans in the stands. People need that's to, what I was just going to ask. To if get, you sit get here their, the last week of May. Yep. Yeah. Get your shots, everybody. Yeah. If you want to see some football, but as we sit here in the last get, week of May yeah. at the pace, we're going right now of vaccinations, like things do appear to be trending in the right direction. And certainly by the first week of August, you know, are you confident that, you know, at, I know you can't speak for public health, uh, Ontario or whatever the hell they're called, but that, you know, in an outdoor space like TD, you know, you could have a yeah. significant number of fans uh, in the building by August 5th. That's what we want. That's what we're, we're confident can happen. I think the 
case numbers in Ontario overall were just a little bit over a thousand today, which is coming down mm-hmm. uh, very well. Ottawa's numbers have been good, so yeah, like just waiting for you know at a certain point we'll have to get that sign off from public health yeah. and um, the the province, but we are very confident. I would be I'd be really really surprised at this point if it doesn't if it doesn't happen you know on, on the schedule that we have it on right now so very optimistic um i don't understand you know putting guarantees on no. things like some people have done is always a little bit weird to me <laughs> because like again we don't have we don't have the final say but it seems like it's heading in that direction more than it has at any point during the last year and a half so yeah. that's fun to see uh, and such a big part of it being that you know football being an outdoor sport right like that given what we know about the virus. It makes a big difference, it's, it's for huge. sure. It's huge, yeah. for sure. So, um, And it's a big stadium, and depending on what the numbers are that you're allowed to have right off the bat, it's a lot easier to distance people appropriately, you know, in a 24,000-seat arena or stadium than it is in a 9,500-seat sure. arena. So, um, And then hopefully by the time we get, you know, get into the summer, we're getting into an even better place, and the return-to-play plan for the OHL is, is very comprehensive and very solid. So really confident about that too that we'll have 67 hockey in ottawa on time uh and hopefully for the last time getting delayed at all yeah uh hit us one more time man for the uh the link where people can uh, donate to your fundraiser there for chio we love chio.ca and it's uh it's all over everybody's twitter right yeah. now so if you follow any of you know any of the radio people in, in the city right now you'll probably see it um, I'm on Twitter at Chris Hoffley. I'm tweeting the ever living crap out of this thing until people tell me to stop or stop giving money. Um, so you can find us there. And if you can't donate, please share it. Um, people have been doing that too. You know, it's been, it's a tough, you know, for a lot of people that haven't been working or working full time in the pandemic, it's hard to, hard to make a donation, but, um, sharing it is just as helpful. And I've like, the donations have been so cool. Like I've seen everything from $5 to five grand. Yeah. And like to see people shipping in five, 10 bucks, you know, I've seen kids do it. Families do it on behalf of their kids. That's, that makes this, this so much cooler and makes me want to just keep it rolling. We will make sure that is in the show notes as well for episode 833 at talkandaudio.com. And it's all over our uh, social media feeds as well. You're to be commended, man, because like you say, um, this, this thing has been hard on everybody. Right. And unfortunately through Mm -hmm. that, we're not giving a ton of attention to kids who have been pulled out of school and kept from their friends and their cousins and their, you know, whatever else they might be, soccer practices, dance practices, whatever your thing is, it's all been gone. And so it's been really hard on these kids and it's not getting a ton of attention and, and it's cool to see you put a little, uh, put a little spotlight on it and, and get some money raised for it. And to see the, uh, to see the city rally around it has been fantastic, man. So kudos to you for well, uh, yeah. kickstart, kickstarting well, this. I really appreciate the support, man. And like, it's, you know, mental health is one of those things that people, you know, that don't understand it as well. You know, think, you know, oh, kids are bored. Kids aren't getting to see their friends. Boo-hoo. It's, you know, no kids are living with anxiety disorders and major depression yeah. and not wanting to leave the house because they've gotten used to that you know, getting less social because they haven't been able to be at school live. And that, you know, that when that is left untreated, that can lead into some really, really horrible things. Obviously, the worst case scenario being being kids committing suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we can't 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 have that. Like, that's just ridiculous. And we're in a place to be able to to do stuff, more things to help that effort. And, you know, for me, 
mental health and mental illness is, is not a foreign concept. I struggled with a lot of depression and anxiety uh, throughout my adulthood, especially in my early 20s, which is a really common time too for, for that to happen to people. So um, it's something that's so close and near and dear to me that, you know, and I've always said that if I was experiencing what I've felt in my adulthood as a kid, I don't know where I'd be. Like, I don't know how kids, kids cope with something that you're just not equipped for at, at, right. at younger ages. So, um, you know, if we get, if we give them, you know, hundred thousand dollars, $75,000, like I'm to help in that way and to see what the community's done is, it's made me a pretty emotional guy the last few days, Matt. Plus, we get to see a bunch of bald heads. <laughs> and a bunch of, oh man, it feels so good. I may never have hair again. <laughs> uh, to end it in kind of a lighter place, I saw um, in the backyard there a friend of mine um, the other day, and, and they have some uh, a kid who's just over two and a half, almost three, and he's talking to me over the fence, and he, he's kind of saying something I can't quite understand. He goes, Ryan likes kids, Ryan likes kids. And I didn't really get what he, and his mom said that, uh, he got to see his cousins for the first time in months the other day. And I guess her and her husband oh. had said twice on the way home and he had overheard and is now repeating that turns out he still likes kids because they weren't sure how he was going to even remember socializing or Imagine. whatever. And so, yeah, she's gone. That's amazing. He, yeah, but he, and I guess whether it's repeating what they had said or just wants more of it, but Ryan likes kids. Oh, Ryan kids. likes kids. So cute, man. See, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. So this is what we're doing. We're doing this for Ryan. There you go, man. We love that stuff. So that is Chris Hoffley from the Ottawa Sports and Entertainment Group. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris Hoffley, on Instagram at Hoff on Sports, and you can donate at welovechio.ca and we will make sure we share all those uh, all those links in the show notes at tallcanaudio.com and on our social media feeds. This has been awesome, man. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me, man. Go Habs, go. Uh, yeah. We had it wrapped <laughs> up in a nice place and you had to drag her back into the dirt. That's Tall Can Audio 833. We'll see you on the next one uh, without Hoff. Now, y'all ain't got nothing else for me to drink. I'm a haul ass. No, I'm serious. I'm about to haul ass. Yo, I have no better shit than this to drink. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at tallcanaudio.com or by searching Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app.